You are listening to Raices Verdes, a platform dedicated to validating, archiving, and sharing the experiences of racialized people reconnecting with their green roots. Green roots are defined as our ancestral connection to the earth that embodies our relationships with all living and spiritual beings. My name is Samara, La Fresa de Rancho, creator and host of Raices Verdes. And before we get started, I acknowledge that I am recording an occupied Snohomish territory, part of the Coast Salish peoples, also known as Edmonds, Washington. It's been a while since I've been behind the mic. It's honestly quite exciting and nice and comforting, honestly, to be, even though I'm here on my own, it feels really nice to be recording for this and to just put something out there again that people will be listening to. So today's episode is a little bit of everything. It is a reintroduction, an update of what's been happening, and some hopes for the future. Last episode for this podcast was released in March of this year, and so a lot has changed since then, which, you know, I'm just stringing together as this new season unfolds. Also, if my voice sounds at all kind of weird, it's because I am getting it together after having a cold last week so there's still a little bit of um remnants of that but it's all good luckily it's not covid so i can't really ask for more also if you're a regular listener you might have noticed that the introduction to the podcast has changed a bit which i hope um to get into a little bit in this episode and in the coming weeks on the social medias so i guess the first a bit of a reintroduction in case you're a new listener, but also just some new things, I guess, that have popped up. So um, this is how I introduce, so how I introduce myself, I guess, in larger crowds and in different things has changed a little bit. Um, so I'm Samara and I am part of the Michoacan diaspora. I was raised between the lakes and Tierra Caliente regions of Michoacan an occupied Coast Salish territory or the Pacific Northwest Coast. In particular, I am from El Pueblo de Puroran, and I identify as a Purépecha descendant reconnecting with my ancestors. Um, yeah, I think it was important for me to really hone into that um, because, well, I'll go into it a little bit more, but basically with acknowledging the two places I grew up, just a lot of my lived experiences have been about and a lot of the work I put into this podcast really in this platform is about this transnational upbringing and being rooted and uprooted from two different parts of the world. Um, and I say general, like the Coast Salish territory, because I've lived in different places here in Washington, but they all really are kind of around the same edge of the, of what is called Washington state, um, or the Pacific Northwest. So I think it became very important for me this year to let go of, you know, colonial labels, really, if we're being honest, such as Latina and Mexican-American and even Chicana. Now, I'm not saying I don't support or I'm not in community with folks that identify that way. But for me, those labels no longer serve the purpose they did before. And honestly, now I feel more true to myself by centering my identity around a place and roots, um, such as my connection to land, which is Puruaran and its surrounding areas in Michoacan. And also, I am not saying like 
the identity Chicana, Chicanex, Chicano is a colonial identity necessarily because I do understand its history. And it was a term both, it was a term born out of resistance. However, as we've covered in this podcast a bit and I've, you know, talked about in the different social media, like the complicated history of the Chicano movement and how um, the movement and folks who are part of it and identify as Chicanex, Chicano, Chicana, um, they per- they perpetuate and continue to anti-blackness and anti-indigeneity rhetoric. So, you know, I think with the identity of being Chicana, I think it served its purpose in my life, you know, really bringing political awareness, um, social awareness, bringing some really amazing people into my life. But I think for me, there's only so much that the movement has stretched and expanded to bring in different experiences and so it no longer feels like it fits me again i am here for all the really amazing folks that are doing radical work within the chicanx movement and are you know radicalizing that but again i think once i really just see how pervasive like this pan-indigeneity happens in this these spaces and how much there's like no critical thinking about like a larger conversation around Latinidad and historical context of like Mexico as a settler national state. It's just really hard for me to like even within the Chicanx movement be part of that diaspora. So instead, I really just, you know, am focusing, like I said, on identifying as Michoacana, as Purepecha descendant, and that really gives me the freedom to speak from my lived experiences and within the frameworks of my ancestors. Um, yeah, because, you know, those are two things that are indisputable, and they're just, like, like that's what I speak about when it comes to my connection to land, to the environment, is absolutely based on this and these experiences and this little place I came from. And then, of course, thinking about like migration that my family did, there's also stories to tell about my connection to land here in Coast Salish territories. Um, but even then, you know, I'm still going to be a visitor here. And so it's more about weaving those two things together, but not losing sight of like where I come from. And yeah, like I mentioned, you know, Mexico is a settler national state. And so I've been a lot more critical of when I say like, you know, Michoacán is within Mexico, and I understand that, but again, this is a very particular worldview, and there's very particular political views that have come out of identifying from this specific part of the world. And, you know, however, regardless of how I see myself, and, you know, there will be times where I navigate spaces or I'm in part of things that, you know, lean more towards, like, a Latinx space or a Chicanx space, and, um, you know, regardless of what those spaces are that I'm in, the important thing is to center Black and Indigenous people as we unravel the complexities of these identity structures. So that's that on identity. Um, I think, you know, I've been really saying this a lot in the, like, social media space of this podcast, this platform, and maybe feels redundant to some of you all, but I think for me, it's just been super critical in this work because, this work is rooted, as I will talk further on, like in self-determination, it's rooted in autonomy, it's rooted in a sovereign future, and for me to like, you know, move towards those things, build on that, build on these things, I need to have a strong understanding of settler colonialism within my own body, within my own experiences, 
And by doing so, I decide to reject, you know, these colonial labels um, such as Latina, Mexican-American, and even Chicana. And instead really hone in on, you know, like I've been saying, the small part of me. So that that's where I'm at in my journey, you know, and, and I'm here to like have a conversation with other folks that have been in similar parallel journeys and um, yeah, just, you know, continue digging into those complexities of identity and indigeneity, especially indigeneity um, and like what we say sometimes, you know, south of the border. So like outside of what's considered so-called U.S. Um, I think indigenous identity is different and it manifests in a different way because of colonialism, you know, kind of happening in different ways. And so, um, yeah, I just think I'm here for all those conversations and to just dig deeper, you know, and see see how my own identity evolves also through that. But again, not losing track of, of where I am come from and what, what's my place-based identity. So yeah, open to more conversation about that and questions and dialogue. But <clears throat> now I want to switch a little bit and, you know, just give a recap of what I've been up to since I was last recording. Um, yeah, it's just been so long. I didn't realize like how long it was going to be until I put out an episode. So this is, just feels really funny thinking about everything that's happened since. So um I guess going back to March when I released like the last episode, which I think was with Andrea. So in spring of that year, of this year, I was unfortunate enough to be one of the first Edge Outdoors scholarship recipients. Shout out to my girl Annette. I hope to have her on the podcast because we need a whole episode just to talk about Edge Outdoors and black and brown women in the outdoors and like ski sports because... That was, you know, a whole different ballgame for me, honestly, like a whole different field. Like growing up, um, I was not an athletic kid, did not do sports, but also like I wasn't like afraid of being in the outdoors, obviously. And like growing up in Michoacan, you know, like we were outdoors, but like Michoacan doesn't have snow. <laughs> we have mountains, but, you know, they're like forest and it's just different. So obviously growing up, I was not around snow not around that culture. And then when we did li live briefly before I moved to Mexico, so like, I don't know, from the age I was born to like the age of like four, there was a time when we lived in Oregon um, where my sister was born. And so there's like some few pictures of me with my dad and my mom like up in like these ski resorts with I think at the time they had like some white like bosses slash friends I guess like they were kind of became in community and they would like go out with them and stuff to these ski resorts even though neither of my parents knew how to snow uh, how to ski but you know I think we would just like hang out because like that was the culture right like in Oregon or like most of the Pacific Northwest and so long story short I just was like not exposed to this at all but obviously living here like in you know so-called Washington state like growing up I would hear like folks go like skiing and snowboarding and it's like one of those things I didn't even try to ask my mom to like get me into because I knew it was going to be super expensive and I'm not wrong. It's a super expensive sport. So when I saw this opportunity, you know, Edge Outdoors, which is just such an amazing organization, I'm going to look up the actual like website so I can read you Annette's words about this. But I think I just saw it on social media. I think someone shared it. Um maybe um chelsea from she colors nature i think might have tagged me on it or some other folks but um 
Yeah, so Edge Outdoors is run by the fabulous Annette. Um, she, I'm sure, had like could you know thank so many other people that have helped her build this, but she really is the foundation of Edge. And Edge Outdoors is a powerful initiative created to address the visibility of Black Indigenous women of color in snow sports. The lack of inclusion in snow sports is directly related to past discriminatory law at the local, state, and federal levels that was purposely designed to exclude black and indigenous and other people of color from mountain spaces. So like I said, I'm not going to make this an Edge Outdoors um, podcast episode because I really should have a net on here. But all I want to say was that it was one of the most beautiful experiences, honestly, breathtaking like some real medicine just being up there in the mountain again i think i feel conflicted saying that even because like it just feels like conflictive that like i you know i'm like you have to wear all this special gear that's super expensive and you have to like have all these special like things to be able to be up in the mountain like the way i was right like get these views like experience this beauty of it and obviously, I wouldn't have been able to do this without the scholarship. But at the same time, it was so like profound, and it was medicine because it was just so amazing to like just see like the mountain and the snow and just the views and the world from such a different like perspective. And to imagine that like you know this little girl who's like family from Michoacan that has like never like so many have never seen snow. We do not have this kind of mountains to make it up there. It's just like was really breathtaking, you know, and it was really beautiful and. Also to be like coached and mentored by someone like Annette, who's just like an amazing, incredible black woman in this space and like doing some really dope equity work. Like it, it just brought tears to us literally like one day on the mountain, right? Because she just really was just trying to bring us along because she was feeling lonely out there. And it's just, I don't know, any space that like black and indigenous women of color get together, like any time that women of color get together to heal and bond like it's just powerful it's just medicine regardless of what we're doing i think you know so so yeah that's what i'll say skiing was amazing um yeah i'm hoping to write something about it and you know last year i didn't really post as much about it because i wanted to um you know we were getting all these professional pictures taken but you know you gotta wait for people to like give you access to the pictures and that's okay for you to post on social media and this and that so um now i actually would be able to post some pictures from last year and this will be my first year, like this winter, going out kind of on my own. On my own, meaning, you know, like without like a little group and posse with me to ski. So if you're listening and, you know, we're not like super close and you live in Washington State and preferably if you're like a person of color and want to go out into the mountains, I have. Mostly we'll probably just be going to Stevens Pass. So if you're down to go to Stevens Pass, hit me up. We should get a little group of BIPOC to go up there together. Because, um, yeah, I it was funny, you know, seeing all these white people up there in like these little groups and they would have like their little speakers and like playing their little white music. And I was like, you know, I just I just I don't know when I'll be listening to something else while I'm skiing up here, like have my little speaker with my little like rancho music or my little reggaeton, you know. So it'd be nice to go with other BIPOC, but <laughs> that's besides the point. So yeah, look forward to, yeah, maybe before the ski season starts and she gets super busy, I'll have a net on the podcast to talk about Edge. And yeah, if you live in Washington, last year, I think she put out the scholarship application, maybe it was open in like February or like January, and we found out maybe in February. 
Uh, and it was just amazing. You like you get so much free gear, like these one on one lessons with this girl. Like she's amazing. So definitely apply. I'll definitely be sharing it on like the podcast, social media. So, yeah, that was that. Um, also, during March of this year, we were like kind of around the same time. We were doing promotion for Expedition Reclamation which is a short documentary seeking to redefine outdoorsy and reclaim belonging in the outdoors for black indigenous women of color by highlighting their joyful, resilient, and transformative relationships to outdoor recreation. And I came to this project, Brave Space Media, what soon came to be, um, because I just saw like the call out, you know, by Chelsea, She Colors Nature. I just saw it out there and I was like, yeah, like this sounds amazing. Like I love documentary work I love film work and photo and like women of color outdoors like yes like fuck yeah that's everything and so then I got to meet like some other amazing people like Erin and Sanja who are like part of the team and like other women of color too that like just are badass and that are part of the documentary so March was really exciting you know we were like doing all this promotion for it and I did like a little interview with Chelsea and with Sanja and we like also um did a fundraiser we like exceeded our goal and that was like super exciting and yeah and right now we're just kind of like you know waiting for that movie documentary to get put together and hopefully you know within the next year like being the next year maybe we'll have some updates but that was just amazing and i think about it all the time it was honestly just so beautiful to like talk about my connection to the outdoors and when i got to see like the the preview which you can see a little you know um a short clip of the documentary on the website brave space media i think that's what the let me double check yeah bra- brave space project.org you can see um a little clip of the documentary and it's just breathtaking and nikki's music is just amazing and yeah i'm just looking forward to it definitely a highlight of 2021 and and going out there and camping with the girls like you know, on a cold night and then hiking the next day to take the video was really great. So really excited about that. Um, also around March, I tried launching a Patreon, lived for a couple months, I mean like two months, thanks to y'all that were still donating. And then I deactivated recently. I just, you know, like there was like literally like five Patreons and folks were like, it's okay. Like we're not going to keep giving you money, even though you're not really like keeping up with content because, you know, other stuff was happening in my life. But I I just couldn't do it. It was just like weighing on me. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to pause this for now. And when I feel ready again to like actually create content for the Patreon and just like kind of really have a more of a direction, I think not that I felt pressured, but I think like. I just felt like it was supposed to be the moment that I launched a Patreon and so many, you know, other awesome platforms that I follow have Patreon and I was like, yeah, this will be kind of easy. It's not, y'all. Like, it's it's a lot of work and I just, you know, and then sh- like shit started happening and I just, it was too much. So yeah, that's on pause now. I mean, you can always donate to Raices Verdes if you feel inclined. Um, I have, you know, like a Venmo, a PayPal for the podcast and Cash App and that sort of thing. But and then I have Hello Postcards and now I have stickers, too. That's kind of a secret, not a secret. Like I have them. I just haven't put them up for sale or anything. But yeah, you can always donate, you know, a couple bucks and I'll send you a postcard and a sticker. 
But yeah, I guess just message me about that. I think there's still like the donation page on the website. I also want to update the website. It's too much. It's not enough. I don't know. <laughs> I just really want to not have a website, but also have a website. Just something really clean. I don't know. Still deciding on that. Um, but yeah, so that's that on the Patreon. Uh, and then a little bit later down, like maybe like May, I got a new job, which was super exciting. Um, I really like my new job. It's with Ecos. Um, they are like a Seattle, a South Seattle-based environmental organization. It's a nonprofit, and um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to like you know also make this an Ecos episode, but we do really amazing work. I actually think like I see you know a lot of tangible things come out of. Um, our organization, you know, I'm the first one to be critical of like nonprofits, and I know I'm in the nonprofit complex. I'm not gonna like bullshit around that, and I'm in an environmental nonprofit, so you know that's its own things. But I think there's a couple of things that make Ecos like so great, and I think like really worth like you know investing time and money in, is that one, the majority, like really the majority of our staff is um they identify as black or indigenous or people of color and then you know we speak different languages we do outreach in multi-languages we really try to work on that accessibility for communities of color immigrant communities refugee communities um in seattle um, when it comes to knowing about environmental issues and sustainable solutions and um, so that's one thing right like the actual like commitment to equity and diversity and inclusion not just only in our staff but also in the work that we do uh that being said also including the white folks that do work with us i think are really invested in environmental justice which is amazing i don't think i'd had that experience before where everyone's like actually like you know pretty down when it comes to environmental justice and understanding that and at least on that journey right of um radicalization and then also like the people we work with we you know when we say like community outreach and that we're doing community outreach like i actually see it like people are literally actually going out into the community and they know the community they're part of the community and so if anything you know sometimes i feel sort of an outsider because i didn't grow up in like the city of seattle let alone south seattle which is like where we primarily see bipoc here in the city um you know i grew up outside of seattle and like the white suburbia but like you know where the brown low-income people lived in that sort of suburbia town um so i don't have some of those experiences that my coworkers do or know the neighborhoods and streets the way they do and like businesses of color but you know i think i always think about that positionality and you know think about that depending on the context i'm in and not try to like front something that i'm not but at the same time, um, you know, I, I, I come in with a lot of um, investment into the community and wanting to see um, these black and brown communities thrive and, you know, support their fight against environmental racism in these parts of Seattle. So that's that. So I got a new job. It's full time. If you didn't know, I was only working part time, like up until... up until may of this year so that was like a year of working part-time basically since may of last year when the whole fulbright thing happened and you know we went into like pandemic mode and then until like basically may of this year i was yeah working part-time and so obviously that made it so i had you know all this time to really build out this platform and so it's been hard like i really like my job i really like my coworkers. it's it's been good in a lot of ways and i've been able to really move 
professionally where I want to be um, because, you know, I'm getting to work with a lot of government agencies, but also other nonprofits and other different like institutions. And so I'm learning a lot without being in any of those. It's kind of like a lot of consulting work, I guess you could almost say. And so, yeah, Ecos is a great fit. But it is suddenly hard to like schedule this, you know, special project of a podcast when you have eight hours of work every day, like Monday to Friday. And I don't want to spend all my weekend, you know, inside doing podcast stuff. I want to hike more and I want to like hang out with friends and family and try to like socialize, you know, as safe as I can in the middle of this pandemic. And so and I also just want to rest. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm still balancing that out. You know, I think I've been trying to be um with myself that it does take a while to you know really actually like acclimate yourself to a new job and and again the drastic shift from like like part-time to full-time and within my job I like accelerated really fast like I was like three months in as an associate and then became a project manager so now I'm doing a lot of management behind the scenes stuff and you know that's a lot to like learn and take on so yeah just trying to like remind myself to be calm and and to take it on step at a time so that's that update and then more recently um this is really exciting you all have probably seen it more on the social media so the outbound which is like this i guess online platform um blog type of style they launched this underrepresented underrepresented storytellers residency it's a writing residency um and this is only the second year they're doing it i believe but basically they pick three folks of color to be part of this residency and you get to write for them for six months really about anything i mean if you look at the outbound i i you know i was a little intimidated when i first looked at it because i was like damn i don't know if i'm gonna be writing these like super short like kind of travel blog type of pieces about like you know like i don't know 15 hikes to like try out in the fall in washington or like this is what it was like hiking da 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 you know and like i think those are great like that's where i get all my tips and find new places to go outdoors like you know thank you for the people who actually take the time to do that because again useful information for when i want to plan a trip however that's just not really me or i just i don't know i overthink everything and i also don't have that kind of lifestyle where i'm going somewhere new every weekend to like do like hiking or snowshoeing or something um however being part of this residency has definitely pushed me to want to go outdoors more because then i'll have you know more content to write and and the thing is with these underrepresented storytellers you know they really want us to like take yeah take it as we want and so i've been writing a lot of different things that um you know normally you wouldn't maybe find on like this kind of website but um but you know again because of the liberty that they give us which is one of the things i love the most um, we really get to write about anything related to the outdoors so kind of thinking back to what i was saying about my identity and and how things have shifted so my first piece for the outbound um is called finding our place space identities and so again i really talk about how you know the the land the environment can really shape our identities more than you know these colonial labels and then um I also talked about, this was kind of like, I guess, a travel vlog, but uh, me and my partner went to Cape Disappointment State Park. Such a stupid name. You can read about it in an article I wrote for The Outbound, why it's like the worst name for a state park and we should just give land back to indigenous people. Um, and then I wrote stuff about, you know, my work with youth, um, 
we did this like tour of the Cedar River watershed where we get our water here in Seattle um, for my work. And so I wrote about that and being in that space outdoors. We also did a hike um, during Latinx or Hispanic Heritage Month with my coworkers. And so I also wrote about that, but obviously from a perspective of like, um, you know, dismantling um, Latinidad and like rethinking what this means um, and representation and all that. So that's what I've written so far. Um, I think this next piece, I'm going to take it a little lighter. I'm just going to do a review of some of these amazing shoes that they sent me for hiking. So that's the thing about this residency, y'all. They're giving me a lot of free gear, which is great. Because, um, again, it encourages me to go outdoors. And who doesn't like free stuff? So it just, you know, that's what encourages the writing sometimes. And it's been great. And these shoes are amazing. They're these Hoka, like, hiking boots. So I'm definitely going to write a little review about how I've been wearing them for everything and everywhere. Um, and yeah, and then I have another hike planned for the end of this month with my friend. So I'll write about that. And and I'll, I definitely want to write about Edge Outdoors and my experience snow um, snowing. Uh, what? <laughs> my experience skiing as a brown girl, um, you know, as a, as a woman of color out there. So yeah, uh, I have the residency until the end of this year, basically December. So I'm hoping to fit in a couple more pieces before the year ends. And all of that is linked in um, the link tree for the podcast and just like my personal website if you want to read any of the outbound. I guess also just to highlight more recently, if you didn't see it, me post about it on Instagram, I also recently was asked to write for Shadow Magazine again. They've hit me up a couple times. They're a really great platform. And I wrote a piece um, based on an interview I did with folks from A Growing Culture. Um, they're this amazing nonprofit doing really dope work with uh, farm work with farmers and peasants um, around agriculture justice, farmers justice. And um, yeah, we talked about food sovereignty and farmers leading the way of that and their work. And and yeah, it was a really great piece. So that's also linked um, on the on the link tree for the podcast. So that's what I've been kind of up to when I haven't been recording episodes. I guess you could say I've been doing a lot of writing and more so participating in other people's like things, right? Like none of these are my own like creations. Like I've just been either invited or I've applied to. And it's been kind of nice, you know, to take a step back, I guess, a little bit from leading things and more so just joining and building community. Um, so yeah. Um <laughs> This is like the part, I guess I don't, I don't know. I don't really need to like talk about it, but obviously another thing that happened throughout the course of all this around April and when, you know, things really took a slow for the podcast was that my father passed away. Um, yeah, <laughs> the theme of this episode is vulnerability because I think, you know, just being real with you all of the changes and and what's been hard sometimes of being of quote a content creator quote um you know and sometimes you just cannot get out of bed and sometimes you just think you're never gonna create anything again and you're never gonna have anything good to say to the world because you're feeling so sad and so lost and so I think that's what it's been like at times, especially at the beginning, you know, right after my dad passed away. And I also just want to take a time to say that, you know, for all of you who are listening and donated and sent medicine and support, 
uh, after he passed away and you know when y'all found out I really really appreciate it I don't I don't think I would have been able to get through this without all that community support and and knowing you know that this little podcast has built a little something that would transform into that and to mutual aid when I needed it the most and you know just taking it day by day I have a really complicated relationship with my dad and obviously his death and very sudden death didn't make it easier so we're just we're just healing you know and and I think like sometimes I don't know it's just I think the place that feels with the less judgment the place that feels the safest is sometimes the environment you know and that doesn't mean like in your traditional like you know I go and hike to like find myself or something like that but just anything you know I yeah when I was back home you know after he when I had to go when he passed away and to you know do all the funeral arrangements and and go home and all that like just really sitting on the ground of my our home in, in our pueblo and just really taking in the water back home just really taking in the food back home taking in you know the wind the clouds the sun like just taking in the environment and letting letting it hold my grief you know and and yeah till this day like when there's just moments where it feels like I can't I can't keep going you know it's just really a matter of sometimes going outside and just really knowing that like the land gets it and that even though right now it might be kind of hard to even think about going back home like back to my pueblo because the memory is still too too recent you know the the feeling of grief the feeling of loss is still too raw the land never forgets the land loves me back and it's waiting for me to come home it's waiting for all of us to come home you know we're we're its children <laughs> it's it's waiting for us to come home and to receive us and to welcome us and and to love us back and and even when we're in the diaspora you know we're still loved loved so much by the earth because you know water's water wherever you are and and you know if think if you really listen in and and build a relationship with the indigenous people in the indigenous land you're on if you're not on your homeland and then it it will love you back too you know and it will bridge those ancestors together and really give back you know and and hold your grief and and hold everything we can't and i'm just so grateful for that and for all the plant medicine that's been given to me in these times you know and that's really that's really been amazing and and making those offerings to my dad, you know, every day and and knowing that he appreciates it and that he knows um, I'm not alone, that I got community has been really important. <laughs> I, I miss him every day. But so much of this work that I do is connected to his life and, and his legacy. And again, he was, he was a complicated person and there's a lot of, of stuff he left behind that isn't so great, you know, and that I'm, I'm just, you know, pulling together, like through and, and putting into pieces. And then there's like the really greatness that he left behind, which is me. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm a seedling and, and I'm here to 
continue the work that he didn't get a chance to finish and, and really dive into because of generational trauma. But again, there's belief in if there's generational trauma, then there's intergenerational healing. And, and that's where I'm at. Just pursuing that and really investing in that. All right. So what's next? You know, thinking a little bit about, okay, this is sort of, it feels like season 3.2. Or I don't even know if I should just call it season four. Maybe I should call it season four so it doesn't, yeah, it just feels like, you know, we're kind of, I don't know, still debating that because there's only, I think, like three or four episodes to season three before I took a break. So maybe like season 3.2. So what's next? Um, I guess just bringing it back to, you know, how the intro was a little different and then you'll hear at the end that the closing's a little different. Um, Yeah, I've just been thinking a lot about a mission and vision to Reyes Verdes, mostly because I've been applying to some things, you know, like grants and stuff that asked me to put that in there. And it's kind of funny because I don't think I ever really like sat down and wrote like, okay, this is what the mission and vision of this podcast is. Like whenever I would explain it to someone, you know, or just talk about like, okay, well, like this is like who I document and this is kind of what I like believe in and blah, blah, blah. But I feel like in like I don't know it just felt kind of good to like come up with a more concrete like definition to the work that I'm doing and the work and like especially the vision part I think I'm a big vision person of like thinking forward and thinking of like the possibilities and so that was really nice to write for this work and I feel like it also helped for me bring down to its core like what I'm really doing you know like I think especially within these last couple months that have been kind of on a hiatus from episodes there's been like so much shit happening with the environment like climate crisis wise right like we've seen so much shit on the news like at the political level like at the grassroots level like there's a lot going on and so i think more than ever like environmental justice storytelling is so important and so i really wanted to take the time to think about this work and kind of be like okay when i started this in like 2019, it almost felt like it was still within these constraints of like <laughs> diversity, equity, and inclusion, meaning like it was really trying to like just be almost about representation, right? Like about being like, okay, I want to see more BIPOC in podcasting, talking about the environment. I want to see more BIPOC represented in like overall environmental media. But like now at where I'm at you know and I think this was always kind of part of it I just didn't really like put it together at the beginning of this podcast like I just never wanted to just be about representation like representation at the end of the day doesn't do anything for us right like I think what we need is like self-determination what we need is land back what we need is reparations you know like there's like these very specific radical not even radical, like just these specific things that we need as black and indigenous people of color when it comes to climate justice, to environmental justice. And I just think like, you know, just expecting that more podcasts with more like black and brown faces, like doing it, it's not really gonna like, like that's not it, you know, like that's not the end goal. Like the, like there's so much more to what 
like what I want to see from this work that I'm putting together, right? And these conversations that we're having and the work that I'm trying to highlight. So yeah, I just think like, as you'll see with like the um, couple of like posts I share on Instagram of like the new mission and vision, I think it will really show like that core messaging and those core beliefs that I have and with this work that I want to do moving forward. And you know, that will also reflect in the types of guests that I'm hoping to have and you know, it's a little scary. Like, I'm trying to branch out out of, like, people that I know very personally. Like, a lot of the folks that have been on the podcast, I've either, like, met in person or I consider friends or, you know, I tried, like, engaging a little bit more, like, you know, like, yeah, we had more of a connection before just inviting them on the podcast. But now I want to venture out to, like, more folks that, like, maybe I, like, don't know too well yet, but I just really think their work is amazing and I want to, like, highlight it on here, you know? Because, again, it's, like, expanding to places that are also especially outside of my own community and my own, like, understanding of experiences. Um, So, yeah, I think also with the note of, like, sharing the new mission and vision on Instagram, I was thinking about that right now, like... Instagram has also been going through some stuff this year and I'm not surprised like you know we know these social media platforms are like whack in a lot of ways so I'm trying to think like what would be a good way you know so folks stay connected to this work when like Instagram is down or when other stuff is like happening um this is also why I want to like kind of redo the website so it's a little cleaner and you just like see the mission and vision when you get there and it's like really easy to find the things I kind of want to know if people listen on the website to the podcast because if they don't then I kind of don't need that feature you know like if people are just listening on Spotify and Anchor and Apple Podcast and SoundCloud and all that I don't think I've been updating the SoundCloud I need to do that (laughs) um but yeah anyway so I'm still trying to figure out I've also thought about like a newsletter but that way I would have y'all's emails who want to be part of the emails and you want to like be getting updates when I drop a new episode because again I know the like social media like you know like things go unnoticed and the algorithm is whack so I guess we'll see some more thoughts maybe I'll use Instagram to do like a polling for it and like maybe on Twitter I mean I'm not really like popular on Twitter or anything but just to get a sense of like how people would want to receive updates in case Instagram is down So anyways, back to the mission and vision. Um, Yeah, I also, as you kind of saw at the beginning, like in the new intro, I really want to define more what green roots are because, or like raices verdes, because I think when I first created the podcast, it just felt like really natural. And I was like, yeah, like green roots, like our ancestral connection to the environment. But that's so complex, actually. And it can have so many meetings and there's just a lot there, you know? So I think like, with sort of this sort of update to the mission and vision of Raices Verdes, I want to make it a little more clear and like what I like mean when I say green roots, like when I was creating this work, but obviously leave it up to interpretation for folks to talk about whatever feels right for them. And then, you know, yeah, I just want to think about like what this work can do for self-determination for especially black indigenous people. Um, what can it do for healing, reconnecting when you don't know your relatives or histories, but maybe reconnecting with the earth is what gets you there. And then, of course, always thinking about a future. I really think after seeing the news, you know, like you might think, OK, what future? Like, what is their hope? But I don't know what it is. I just think like I see a future for us like there are black people in the future there are indigenous people in the future like we are there we are surviving we are thriving 
we are with love we are with community we have self-determination and we are surrounded by systems of care and that's how we're moving through the world because i think there's so many wonderful beautiful people doing this work right now and they've been doing this work like like our ancestors for so long that have, have been resisting like with love also and with community and with care and I'm not saying things are going to get ugly, right? Like, they, like, they've been getting ugly and they've been getting violent and, and it's been, you know, scary sometimes and most of the time, every day maybe. But again, I think at the core, like, we have to remember, like, as we're, like, dismantling and breaking shit down, like, we're also going to have to build up. And building is going to take care. Building is going to take vulnerability. It's going to take love. It's going to take community and, like, leaning into that. And that's where i think you know almost a reconnecting part to like our ancestors ourselves and really thinking about what sovereignty means for us and self-determination is where it's really really gonna matter so you know this work i also wanted to think about it in the future that's why i didn't want to get stuck in like these you know politics of like representation and like just want bipoc represented it's like no like i don't i don't even know if i want that you know because like in the future it shouldn't be about representation and that we just only a few of us get to be in these spaces right like only a few to the point where it's enough and it can be said that we're represented like not like i want all of us to have self-determination i want all of us to be able to have food sovereignty and water rights and all these different things so those are just some thoughts i've been thinking i'm hoping to have um, maybe like a guest maybe like by the end of april i mean what (laughs) time is not even real maybe by the end of october i will have um a new episode to share and then I don't know with this new job i'm really having a hard time thinking about what's reasonable for myself so i don't burn out and like again i'm still you know in this grieving process so maybe like i'll do once a month kind of episode i think that feels doable and really like stretch out like the content that comes out of that and working with that person um so yeah i i definitely just i guess keep an eye out for like a new mission and vision and a new episode maybe by the end of this month Uh, that'd be great but yeah i'm just really excited you know just to be vulnerable about like where i'm at like sometimes i feel like i'm not doing enough sometimes i feel like i'm failing at this project which you know i like who's even like freaking measuring anything because i created this (laughs) and sometimes i feel like i could be doing more and I'm not like doing enough for the community. I'm not like innovative enough, but I don't know. I just think like all of that is just some like white supremacy bullshit that gets in my brain about imposter syndrome and just, yeah. And even how I'm supposed to be grieving and healing the passing of my dad. Like I just get so into my head about that too. And like, it's just bullshit. And I think that's why, like, you know, nature has so much to teach us because it doesn't bullshit around. (laughs) It just truly takes us as it is and we take it as it is. And, and, you know, I think we should just learn a lot more from that and and lean into that. And, and I think, yeah, I guess like this is supposed to be a vulnerability episode. I don't know how vulnerable I've been, but just sharing those things that sometimes I get really scared about this work and what I'm doing and I don't have it together and I'm just taking it a step at a time and and I think I'm just trying to trust more to that the ancestors you know and and the universe will really show me like when it's 
when it's the spaces for me to for me to go go forward and and to jump in and try something new and and release something and create content like I, I just wanted to come more organically rather than to like produce right and and when it feels like I have something to say and, and there's someone else that should be brought in to speak so yeah I think I'll leave it at that thanks for listening <clears throat> So yeah, thank you for listening to Raices Verdes, a storytelling platform rooted in self-determination, healing, and reconnecting with the environment through our unique ancestral frameworks to create a sovereign future for all Black and Indigenous people across the world. To stay updated on future episodes and connect, you can find us on Instagram at Nuestras Raices Verdes. The website is NuestrasRaicesVerdes.com and you can listen to all the episodes Um, I think most of them are on SoundCloud, definitely on Spotify and have a podcast and anchor at Laces Verdes. Thank you.